So I had to like just throw out the old opening because there's some late breaking news today that's causing us to to change. It's like when the Daily has to scrap their show at nine o'clock at night because something important <laughs> happened. Uh, so I'm sending you a link. I think this is this is three decades in the making, but this this is the biggest news that I've seen um, in a very long time. So there's a new feature coming to Excel called XLOOKUP. Mm. So it's X for extreme. So it's probably made in partnership with the Xbox people. And I don't know if it requires Game Pass or not, but apparently they have merged the functions of VLOOKUP and HLOOKUP into a single formula. Uh, one of the first new things in three decades to Excel that's actually useful. Um, and it looks awesome. So I'm watching the I so I've not heard of this. So I'm I'm kind of learning in real time here. So I'm looking at their little demo video. Basically, it allows you to set uh, set like a search column and criteria and um, a data array very easily with having fewer arguments. Because have you ever in, have you ever um, engaged with those people that um, think they're better than you and they talk about index match? Um, I've heard of that, yes, but I don't I don't know the details there. I'm just a I'm just a VLOOKUP guy myself. It's kind of like, you know, the people who always talk about like PC gaming. Like, I don't like any type of gaming, but the people who look down on console gaming, I think that's the index match people. And then there's everybody else using VLOOKUP like suckers. But this looks really cool. And um, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Excel. So therefore, this is this is the biggest news of the week. So based on this initial demo video thing that's near the top of this link, which will be in the notes... The only thing I, that immediately stands out to me is it's basically VLOOKUP, but without having to specify which column the uh, value that you want returned is in. Exactly. Is is there is there more to it than that? Or no, I think that's mostly. Yeah, there's a there's a separate argument you can add that makes it function more like HLOOKUP, but it basically it, it merges the two functions, so it's less um, it's less error prone and, and a lot simpler. Got it. Yeah. So yeah, so with that, you can also tell it's a very slow week. Um, <laughs> Talking about Excel at the top of the show, it's never never a good sign. I also just really, really liked the name because I think whenever like the the like some some um, like uh, junior uh, software engineer was like, hey, why don't we just why don't we fix this stuff? And then like some biz dev guy or some branding or marketing person was like, you know, we haven't used the word X for this, so X lookup. So I'm somewhat of a Excel power user, but I also, I guess I wouldn't classify myself as like an Excel enthusiast. Like put a different way, use I it, use Excel like every day. Uh, no, I, I like it just fine, but I don't keep up with, you know, the the late breaking news around Excel. I, I, th- I think there's such, f- such, such few as poor grammar, so little breaking news that whenever it comes onto the scene it's 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 um it's like whenever um i can't i was gonna say like some music artist that hasn't released a song in a long time but i don't know music taylor swift has a new album but she comes out with one every two years we'll get to that so that's my question is do or does not to be too british here microsoft (laughs) what's the thing where they they refer to the company as they or something well it's isn't it like the British way to refer to a company? Mike is always, Mike always says Apple singular? R. No, like Apple R. Oh, like I, it's, I, it's the I collective we or something. Yeah, the royal, yeah. the royal we, if you were get it, because it's yeah, never mind. So th- there's we're not shutting, we're shutting down Parliament. <laughs> the Queen's cool no, with it. 
there's not many new functions that Microsoft adds to Excel. Like this is not a regular thing. It's not like every other week. Oh, hey, here's the new uh, formulas you can use in Excel. <laughs> it's like Snapchat filters, yeah, right. Because <laughs> like no, nobody's using Spark lines or whatever the hell that. Like they every every time there's a new version, Excel just uses more RAM, and there's just some weird stuff that nobody actually uses because it's not like a a full fledged BI tool. Yeah, you give me you give me pivot tables, you give me VLOOKUPs, and I've got about ninety percent of what I need. You ever know how to? Did you ever figure out how to use like VBS and like properly script Excel or no? Or that ever crossed your path? I've done a couple of macros, and that's it. Got it. Okay, so I got two two quickies before we get into all the main stuff. So there were two. Re- this came into. I don't think this was in the the podcast ideas folder, but I think this was just on our radar in general. Um, so there's two really dumb articles this week. Uh, I think we should talk about. So the first one is one that you um, you posted earlier today that you can put a link in the show notes for. Uh, that was on the Chronicles website, courtesy of a content sharing agreement with Realtor.com, um, which is the fixer upper curse: why chip and Joanna Gaines' homes can be hard to sell. And did you think this was as stupid as an article as I did? Yeah, this article kind of bummed me out a little bit. Well, for a couple of reasons, because one, if you get your house renovated by Chip and Jojo, you you don't sell it, or at least the show hasn't been off long enough for you to naturally have wanted to sell it. So, so get out of here. But also to say that it's a curse when basically you're just trying to sell your house for way more than it's worth. Like I know, I know when Chip at the end of the episode talks about your upside potential, like <laughs> that's a little bit hypothetical, but where you're buying a house for like a hundred, like what was their example here? Like there's a house that they bought for like 190k put like 150 into it and are mad that it's not selling for 1.2 million or something dumb like this. So it's not a curse. That's called greed and being a bad person. Yeah. It's, I mean, the the part that I'm hung up on is just the fact, and this came up around when some of the um, early season homes were being put up on Airbnb where, you know, the, the whole premise of that show. And I think what, like Chip and Joanna genuinely are interested in are creating forever homes for families, or at least, you know, long-term homes for families. So when you see the homes being turned into more just like, almost like flip properties or, you know, something like that, it, it's, it's kind of a bummer because you know, that's not, you know, that's not what they want. I mean, and I think the proof is in the fact that, um, you know, they have been public about saying that, you know, they, they turn down all offers to, you know, go to other parts of the country, especially maybe like big metro cities or whatnot, and, you know, work there where they presumably could just make, you know, infinite amounts of money. Um, and they, you know, they choose to turn that down because they believe in their local community and that's, you know, building you know, skyscrapers and fancy condos and stuff is like not their, not their thing. So it's, it's kind of a bummer to see their homes kind of treated in the way that you'd expect, a you know, a one bedroom condo in San Francisco to be treated. Yeah. Like if they were, if they were just looking for a payday, they could go partner with some weird soulless, um, property management company that just tries to buy prime real estate in like oh, big totally. cities and, and they could have like the, the Jojo suite or like, or like they could have like little floor plans that are designed by each one. And this could be the Magnolia room and stuff like that. Right. But they, they have, they have integrity. Um, and then the second one, which I can't figure out how to get around the, uh, wall street journal paywall. So, cause outline.com doesn't work anymore. Um, 
this this was mostly something that was actually recapped on marketplace uh earlier this week and it was it was a, it seems like such a silly story which was basically lobbying against the idea of getting faster internet and it really didn't make any sense to me because it, it am i wrong in that the common refrain in the united states is internet is very slow and the united states has bad um infrastructure for like high-speed connectivity yes so then the whole point of this is that you shouldn't really upgrade your speed because like the thesis is that most people who have like 100 megabit or higher data plans or like internet plans aren't generally saturating the connection which seems like a really silly argument because that's not the point like is it like at a certain speed if you were maxing out your connection constantly one you'd run up against your data cap which is a whole different other argument but like it's the speed at which you're downloading not the fact that you would constantly be maxing it out it was just such a weird story and normally the the journal for their technology coverage is actually very very good at this kind of stuff it's a big week for lazy journalism i don't know <laughs> fake news you might call it mm. um yeah, going back to the to the realtor thing, have you been listening to the ads on the daily? Are you are you because you're, you're not a fast forwarder on the daily, are you? Or on on podcast ads in general, right? It depends. I'll tell you why I've been fast forwarding through some of the daily ads. I, I've I've been meaning to message you this, but I'm always listening to the daily, like usually when I'm driving or something. Mm-hmm. Well, you have autopilot. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I it this has happened to me probably five to seven times in the last few weeks, maybe even just the last couple of weeks. It, it seems like it's almost every other day. You know, there's like three or four ad slots in in an episode of the daily. Mm-hmm. I'll get the same ad in all <laughs> four slots. So which one has that been? Please not the Delta one because I've been getting that one a lot. So one time it was the Delta one. Which has that just awful sound. So we're we're, we're gonna get we're, we're gonna get to that. That's that's the, the crux of this argument. But yeah, please continue. Realtor.com. Yep that that one has happened where I've gotten it four times in the mm-hmm. same episode. Mm-hmm. Those those are the two that immediately come to mind. You're teeing this up perfectly. So that's that's my thing. So Realtor.com. So there's this thing. You remember the Intel ads, right? Like Intel microprocessors. Even though people don't call them that anymore. Intel, which I mean, I, yeah, I'm aware. I know who Intel is, but well, but I, you, well like I'm I know they sure. didn't ever have any iconic ads. But you remember at the end of the ad where they always had that, um, oh, dun, like iconic, dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's the thing that's really pissing me off about everybody who's trying to advertise on the daily recently. Because it's probably that this is just a strategy that's going around with all podcasts. But everybody is trying to get that like Intel mojo. Like they're trying to all have this like half second to two second audio logo like a sonic logo like realtor.com has this annoying thing where like there's this door knock at the end of the ad and then delta which has the worst ad copy i've ever heard where they talk about people singing poorly in the car and and i hate it and and i've gotten the same thing where like three of the four ad slots will accidentally be dynamically inserted to be the same ad where delta has the like the plane whoosh or like the like the engine roar or takeoff thing at the very end there's a whole bunch of companies that are trying to like to pull an Intel and have like this sonic identity. And they're all doing it really badly. Like I don't think the Delta one works at all. And I think like the realtor.com ad is just one of the worst. So I don't I don't know. 
I'd just like to point out that you're the only person on the face of the earth that's ever accused Intel of having Mojo. What they do. Well, not anymore. Not with modems. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to kick a company while I don't hate Intel's. Like I, I know everybody's clamoring for ARM processors and all this kind of stuff, and they think Apple's just like, I, like I, I, I think people don't give Intel enough credit. Our computers are plenty fast right now. I, I, I don't know. What, what's what's a computer? canceling this show the show's canceled you kind of you kind of you kind of set me up for that um i don't think i did i think i think it's just unfair i think it's entrapment that's more what it's like <laughs> um but no but intel did have like they they really never had because intel as a company in terms of advertising and branding has always it's actually been very um very fraught because you will remember from your best buy days uh or our collective best buy days where do you remember back when wi-fi was becoming a thing and they used to say, this is an Intel laptop with Centrino. Oh, yeah. Like, they used to always have these weird things where it didn't actually mean anything. It just meant that this computer has a non-Celeron processor and Wi-Fi. That's all Centrino ever meant. The the Core 2 Duo was a great name for a processor. It, it, it wasn't, because Core Duo was a good name. And then they're like, oh, shit, well, what do we do now? We can't call it Core Trio, because it's not actually <laughs> a, it's not, it's not a tri-core processor. <laughs> Because I think that was a thing, like because like hyperthreading was actually a legitimately great name. I don't know if that's that was like a technical name or something that marketing came up with. But yeah, like I mean, they they've had a weird thing, and they had this whole initiative with, wow, everybody's going to tune out. But uh, where like had Intel V Pro, and that was just that just meant that these laptops were aimed at business customers, but it didn't actually mean anything. Yeah, so Intel has had weird things, but I think consistently, even though a lot of their ads kind of stunk, that like little chime at the end was actually pretty great and i think literally when everybody hears that they think intel or that this computer will probably run fast and i'll have to reformat it and install windows 98 again so the moral of the story is intel is better at advertising than they are at (laughs) that and better than um building chips for mobile which just happens to be Mm. the future of all computing but you know that that aside they i know you weren't a pocket pc guy but they had the intel x scale processors which were actually fairly popular in pocket pcs like that what, whole, what year was that that was 2004 ish and what year is it now um feels like 2060 <laughs> i don't know i don't know it's, it feels like i've aged a lot in a couple of years um but yeah anyway so they they tried that whole time period where where you know where microsoft invented tablet computing and then uh, it just never went anywhere, that whole thing. Uh, one last thing uh, on branding before we go too far into actual stuff people listen to uh, listen for. So the Delta ads, uh, what did, have you caught on having have, having had listened to them multiple times, what Delta's um, like motto or slogan is? I've gotten really good at skipping them, so no. So Delta actually has a, one of the better ones, which is called, it's Keep Climbing. Solid? Yeah, sure. So... American Airlines. Do you have a favorable favorable opinion of that airline? I literally cannot tell you the last time that I flew on American. So no, I have no opinion. Yeah. They do you think they have a great uh slogan or a bad one? What's theirs? Great is what we're going for. Yeah, that's bad. That's the worst slogan ever. Yeah, that's that's not good. Um so that makes everything. That that makes um 
what was the uh what, didn't the iMac have a new tagline when the, when the new ones came out oh no it was the ipad where uh the tagline was super period computer period even though as you said earlier what's computer was was it not unnecessarily thin was that not the slogan i don't think that was ever a slogan mm-hmm. Wait, unnecessarily thin yeah wait are you making a joke or was do you actually think that was the tagline well i mean it, it makes it a lot less funny when you have to ask if it's a joke but <laughs> thanks because that kind of sounds like something apple might say or they might say like unreasonably thin or, or like i don't yeah. well no because that's the whole thing with the modern day imac is presumably some of the cost is the fact that they have to make those things so damn thin and like who who cares it yeah it sits IMAX on a desk aren't thin. IMACs are ridiculously thin for a desktop computer. But it's all bulbousy in the back because they have to make room for that spinning oh, hard drive they yeah. refuse to get rid of. It's it, it's thicker in the back. It gets tapered, but it's certainly not bulbous, as it's you would be, say. It's been the same design for uh, since 2014. But it's un, it doesn't matter what year it started. It's it's unnecessary. They well, should. Then, wh- then why did we ever go away from CRT TVs? Those were plenty thin. Oh, you're twisting my words. I'm not twisting your words. I'm providing a a, a, a very valid counterexample. Mm. <laughs> if, if 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 an iMac could be, <laughs> if an iMac falls in the woods, <laughs> if it could be say three inches, five inches thicker, and have better cooling, and maybe be a little cheaper. <laughs> Let me stop you with that last one. Yeah. Uh, cheap. <laughs> Literally, I th- I think they're probably you can say whatever you want at Apple, but I think the only curse word they they know is thick. The only two curse words are thicker and cheaper. What is it? Jason Snell always has a really good way of describing Apple prices. His, it's like his take, thing is take like the with number, Apple, like Apple Arcade. It was yeah, go yeah. What were you gonna say? Say take the number, you add like twenty five percent to it, and then you you kind of like like round it up a little bit more. I think what he. I think what he usually says is take whatever you think it should be, double it, and then add twenty percent. I don't think it's double it, but it's but something like some, that. Something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason's pretty good. Um, good, good game show host. Very, very good. Yeah, that was fun. Mm-hmm. A little long, long, but it was very long, good. But fun. Yeah, it's fine. It was fun. I assume for the people listening at home who didn't have the internet, like it was, it was super fun. I'm, I'm very happy that that they did it there and didn't do something in like um, uh, Tennessee or something. I think had had we we're talking about the the fifth anniversary relay dot FM relay FM switch uh, thing last week. I think had we eaten dinner beforehand, we might have been okay with the length. But I, I I had no trouble with it. But yeah, it was kind of a bummer where you you, you think yeah yeah it was fun. Um, all right, let's again. I'm never gonna get used to this being inside of a browser. Uh, follow up. Mm-hmm. So I sent you a link, and because I don't know if I removed the geotag or not, uh, we won't put those in the show notes. But I want to give a probably like a two-minute long-term review of the uh, Peak Design 20-liter backpack. Yeah. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate it so much. Um, this is more of a... Um, Ooh, you not to interrupt, you got the, you got the fancy-smancy flagship edition. Yeah, it doesn't cost anything. It didn't cost anything extra, but it, yeah, but it, yeah, um, it's got like nice little leather accents. Like, so I like how it looks, but mm-hmm. well, man, why is Dropbox adding features nobody wants? I don't want to comment on my own photo. 
Um, yeah, so it's cool, but the problem is as a combo laptop and photography bag, it's really not good. So we've talked at length when you got yours and you got, you ended up getting the 30 liter edition, right? I did. Where, but it still has the same god awful like side wings. I mean, it's it's I think literally I, an identical bag. I don't I don't think there's a single feature difference between the two. It's it's just literally the bigger bag. It just has more volume. Yeah, so it, definitely better speakers. Um, <laughs> pretty good. Pat myself on the back. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's not good because um oh I didn't actually put the one where um I think I have this in photos.app which is probably frozen cuz that's just how it works now. Um The bummer is that you can't ever drag directly out of photos into Slack. It gets mad if you do that. Um so the place that you would normally like put a camera if you were carrying it alongside it would be kind of on that top shelf because that seems kind of like the only place to put it. So that's the nice thing about this backpack if it worked in theory the way I'd want it to is that you can have a mirrorless camera with a medium-sized lens and a pair of noise-canceling headphones in the little top section. But the problem is if you're wearing the backpack and you want to get the camera out, like you really have to take the backpack off in order to access it. Otherwise there's a really good chance when you open it up, like if you're not extremely careful that you, the, the camera will fall out of the backpack. So that's, that's their whole thing is they pitch those side pockets as being a quick way to access the contents in that, that big main compartment. But I think you're right in practice. Yeah, but that doesn't, it doesn't work. really work. Yeah. Like, cause if you go over to one of the late, I think it was a picture nine or whatever, like, yeah, you can put on the side, like, um, like what am I going to do with all that space then? Because like I can put in a couple of um, a couple of medium sized lenses or like a larger telephoto lens in it, but like you wouldn't put the actual camera there. Otherwise, you're wasting basically all the space in the backpack on something that's not actually that big. And being able to access the side of it, like like open up the side while wearing it, that's also still not that easy. Right. So I just think that I am like even though I got this with the hopes of because the problem is depending on what i'm carrying with me um the 13 inch everyday messenger is a little bit tight for for the times that i would want to carry uh the laptop um camera kindle and or ipad where it all just like it just but i think my solution is going to have to be that i just get the 15 inch everyday messenger and use it with a 13 inch and that'll give like the extra tolerance to make it workable because like you can't beat having a messenger bag that you can rotate in front of you and easily grab something and have that like be secure uh compared to this thing like it's a bummer cuz like from like does stress on your shoulder like a backpack is probably much better but also yeah i just don't love that back I don't know, like backpacks always like it just looks like you're carrying too much stuff like i think a messenger bag even though like by volume is almost exactly the same size. It just has a different aesthetic than a backpack. Or like if you went into like a like a like a three dollar sign restaurant with a messenger bag, I feel like it wouldn't be much of a, de- a big deal. Where if you go in like toting around a backpack, it, it looks just more out of place. Like I know, like in, in like tech worker areas, it's probably less so. But I don't know. So yeah, I. I- 
I think my feelings on the on the backpack have stayed largely the same since I first got it, uh, which are I, I don't think it's a good everyday bag for all the reasons you've just listed. Well, I think it's in if, the name. <laughs> yeah, ironically. I just I think it's it's too much if you're someone like me who just needs a like really simple bag just to kind of get to and from the office every day. Like it's way too much for that. Uh, even the smaller version you have, like it's just, it's just, it's just unnecessary to have a backpack that that's that kind of um, intricate. And then if you're someone who wants an everyday bag where you're kind of out and about and you're kind of constantly accessing things, especially if you're a photographer, you know, like you've pointed out, there's not really any good quick access options. Um, but I, I will say on, on a positive note about it, it, I actually do think it is a really, really good travel backpack. So that's, that's the role that it's, that it's slotted in for me, especially with the, having the, the bigger version. It's, it's really, really great to travel with. And especially when I get that fancy camera here coming up soon, if I'm traveling with that, this is like the perfect solution to, you know, bring on the plane with me um, and have, you know, everything else that I, that I normally travel with as well. Yeah. The, the only pushback I would give on that is, but then what? Like, because, so like I took it with me uh, to Portland and it was it just, it's kind of big. Um, so what, like basically then do you have like a third, like, so you have your backpack, you have your carry on and then you have like a third bag for just like when you're actually at your destination. That's the part where I think like, because that, that was kind of my hope is that I could have a little bit of extra volume for when I'm traveling and I have when, when I'm carrying maybe slightly more stuff than I normally would. But then you just have this big thing with you all the time. So usually when I'm traveling, I don't need to really have a bag like with me a bunch when I'm out and about. I guess where that would change is if I have the fancy camera. Yeah. And I think there the solution's probably going to end up being something like also getting that little sling thing that you have and bringing bringing that along and then you know having that be the thing that I move the camera into if I you know want to bring it out and about. Yeah, the only problem is like if the if you are taking a trip where you don't have your car with you, that then means you're carrying three bags with you for a single person. Yeah, but that sling, if you don't really have anything in it, does, doesn't it kind of compact down where you can no. slip that into? No. Mm. Like, it doesn't fold flat, but it's, it's, it would, it, I've, I've tried it once and it occupies a surprising amount of room in, in the away carry on. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah, somewhere to work out. But overall, like, I'm, I, I think it might have a purpose. Maybe it might be a good, like, if I was ever going camping or doing like an extended hike, like, it might make sense where you could have, like, you could pack food with it or like a blanket with you or something. But yeah, I think I, I I think I just have to go back to a messenger bag. Well, you know, actually, the other thing you could probably think about doing with the sling is the bag actually does have that kind of neat system. I haven't used it yet, but the neat system on the outside, or you can, you can probably kind of clip the um, the sling onto the outside of it. Oh, I thought you were gonna say actually like just pack stuff inside the sling because the little divider things fold. But actually, your your idea makes more sense. <laughs> Uh, before I do like a Russian nesting doll thing, you just have it just flapping on the outside. Well, but I think it's, it, I recall when I was researching the bag, they have a pretty helpful video on their website and to kind of demo all the different things it does. And I, I remember thinking that 
kind of exterior storage method actually looked kind of neat. Um, so that, that might be an option. But I, I think in terms of it being a bag where you want to pack a lot of stuff and you want to kind of get from home to your destination, which includes going through the airport, being on a plane, etc. I think it's a really, really good bag for that. It's It's great to be able to have that little top area for quick access and then stuff that you aren't going to necessarily need on the plane, being able to put that a little bit lower in the bag and having all that separated with the dividers. I think that's all, that's all really, really nice for traveling. I mean, the only completely irredeemable part are the um, accessory pouch things, but we've, we've ranted about that before. So mad. They're, they're, they're just, they're so bad. I mean, for what, you know, I, I think all of your complaints are 1000% valid, but I, I, th- I think ultimately it is a very, very thoughtfully well-designed bag with the exception of those accessory pouches. I just I just don't I don't get how they could put so much thought into the rest of the bag and then the accessories are just it's a complete afterthought. So it would make so much more sense and let me see if I can find a picture from the website. And this is not to slag on any peak design stuff cuz like I I own a a uh, irresponsible amount of their quite stuff. quite literally everything they make. <laughs> um I didn't buy the tripod cuz the tripod's a uh, 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 silly uh, it's very costly. But no, but I've I've got a like and actually and you'll probably end up buying a decent amount of their stuff when you start fancy cameraing because they um have a lot of good camera straps and um a uh, little like anchor links and stuff like that. But if you um oh how do they not have a, oh there we go so this is actually the exact same bag that I have so the, the the issue is that the messenger came first and then they made the backpack and on the messenger the little like accessory or like storage section is so insanely well thought out and perfect. And then it looks like they tried to adapt that design for the backpack and just on the side, just physics and gravity, like it just doesn't work. Like it's so, and that's the problem where like I had what was the absolute best with the messenger bag and to go back to basically the same concept, but just done a thousand times worse. It it was kind of a huge bummer. So do you do you have V one or V two of this messenger I have, bag? I have V one in tan, and I'm bummed that if I want to get the 15 inch one in V two, whatever the hell that means, because you can't get V one. What, what are you doing? That's gar- um, garbage. I know. I'm gonna have to probably get that charcoal color thing, which I'm yeah not in love with. Mm. I, that's well, thanks. That's the, that's the color I have. But. Well, no, but that's the color the backpack is, and the thing is, I the reason why I I waited and or like the reason why that little flagship edition thing caused me to finally give in and get it is that they added a bunch of leather accents to it that kind of break up the just sea of charcoal. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, actual follow up. Um. Well, let's do the euro thing. Let's get mad. <laughs> we're already kind of mad more more mad more services revenue gosh dang and i don't think this has because I, I i assume eero like i assume amazon's just too busy with everything else that they're doing to actually bother with eero right now i i assume it's probably operating as like a independent but wholly owned subsidiary like i just think this they're doing another um they're doing another uh subscription thing because doesn't it's called eero plus right the thing that includes one password and like some type of vpn thing Yes. And that's $10 a month, probably, because everything's $10 a month. It is $10 a month, yes. So there's a new thing. Oh, wait, is, are there three? Dubbed Eero Secure and Eero Secure Plus, or did Eero Plus get renamed to something? 
so there's there's Eero Secure, which is a new brand new offering, which is three dollars a month, and then there's now Secure Plus, which is the aforementioned ten dollars a month, and that replaces Eero Plus. And that's basically just this Eero Secure thing, which we can get into, and then all the stuff that previously came with Eero Plus. Uh, like I get the hustle to have recurring revenue, but like it's not that this is valueless. But I I don't know I don't I don't know. Well, so so Eero Secure, which is this new thing that they announced, includes this is from this nine to five Mac article, which we'll put in the notes. Includes ad blocking and activity center to see how devices use your network. Safe filtering for blocking inappropriate content, and in quotes advanced security Eero says advanced security will keep you from again quote accidentally accessing millions of sites associated with harmful content end quote i just i don't know i it seems like you'd be better served getting a standalone ad blocker and properly using a modern web browser than you like it, 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 it just this seems unnecessary to me Charging people $3 a month for this when they can probably go get other better solutions is, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I don't think things have to be free. And I think these things do have value, but basically this, because if you look at what it talks about, like with actually what Eero Secure Plus includes, it includes one password, malware bytes, and um, a VPN service that used to be called Cloak, but is now called Encrypt.me. Like, these are all like valid things and those are all companies that do good things. But then at that point, that just means that Eero is just like this middleman. They're like, they're, they're pulling an apple where their whole thing is they're just trying to skim money off the top by aggregating services. And I don't know, it just doesn't feel, and it just doesn't seem like the best use of their time. I don't know. Well, and I'll admit I'm a little biased here because I just had really bad luck with my Eero's. Um, <laughs> and that, that's especially become clear to me now that i've had these google uh, wi-fi routers mm -hmm. for a couple of months like it, it, i was working on some networking stuff this weekend like moving some things around and, and whatever finally organizing those ethernet cables too by the way um, <laughs> it occurred to me that the google wi-fi stuff has just been absolutely rock solid like never have had any issues with hopping from one router to the other have never had to you know, disable Wi-Fi and re-enable it like I was having to do with the Eero. Um, it's it's just been so much better. How's your cell coverage at home? Like basically, because I know one of the big issues with mesh networking is how it um, interacts with Wi-Fi calling. So do you have like below the threshold where Wi-Fi calling kicks in for you or is your AT&T service solid at home? My AT&T service at home is really solid. Okay. So yeah, I I know that I know that's a thing. I I I want to say that a lot of that's been resolved or at least improved. Um, but I don't have a lot of insight into it because yeah, we have really good uh, AT and T service here. Got it. Um. So yeah. Anyway, this is oh, it's kind of like it's kind of a bummer. Like it doesn't. It's not like upsetting. It's just kind of yeah, whatever. Like I just it it's just. It, as John Roderick says, like it's just it's a bunch. It's just another eel. I don't know what that means. Like every subscription service is just another eel that like a that like a sixteen hundred uh, like voodoo doctor is 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 putting on you. 
Mm. That's what every subscription is. And eventually you're just going to be covered in eels. <laughs> uh, he's kind of a low tech guy, but it's, it's actually a very, very apt analogy. Um, this is, this is just, this is not for nothing or, or this is, this is, um, apropos of nothing, but I don't know what PAX is, but, um, house house, the people making the goose game, which is the only game of the past decade I'm excited about, um, is sharing a booth. So I'm, I'm guessing if I deduce from that PAX is some type of conference, um, that they're going to be sharing a booth with panic that are making that little, uh, hand crank, uh, play date console thing. I have no idea, but these are two uh, adorable gaming products that I'm vaguely excited about. What is it about Goose Game that you're excited about? It's cute and fun. Like, I, I just don't, like, whenever, like, have you, do you have a Switch, right? Yes. Have you bought or uh, played that uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild game? Yes. Is it good? Yes. Yeah, but that's the thing where I just, I'm old and I can't be bothered like it just seems like i'm sure it's a great game that's fun but like how many hours of gameplay is that game probably like 50 to 100 something like that yeah that's such an investment where this game seems like it's not that at all it's the same reason why i like simple games like threes it's like it's like why i am i have solitaire on my phone like i'm <laughs> my gaming is so rudimentary like it 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 is um it's solitaire uh, a game called um what is it called um pocket run pool um and threes and then i also have a game called desert golfing that just never ends like uh, my gaming is so low just my brain can't handle it i'm like I, I don't think i'm dumb but like it's just it's so i can't deal with it so therefore this just looks like a cute fun game that's just it's fun didn't you buy an Xbox 360 so you could play, what was it, either Guitar Hero or Rock Band? Yeah, I was into that for like six months, and then I got rid of it, and I sold it to fund an Apple Watch. <laughs> you were also into, uh, was it Forza, one of the driving games? No, because back when I was a kid, <laughs> back when the PlayStation were you, 2... Were you, were you a kid? I think I condensed 12 years of childhood into like three weeks. And then I just, I just went back to watching Meet the Press and C-SPAN. Um, that's not actually a joke. But um, like I had a PlayStation 2 where I had um, like Sony actually has a good franchise of racing games called Gran Turismo. Oh, that's maybe that's what I'm thinking. No, no. But on through. Xbox, um, I think I got one of those bundle thingies that um, came with Forza sounds right. But yeah, I, again, just gaming. Gaming is silly. I'm glad people like it, but I just I I can't, it's so much effort. Can't be bothered. <laughs> uh, so that's why Goose Game appeals to me. And it's just I don't know. Just yeah, ge geese are terrible. And <laughs> I'm glad somebody made a game to, to talk about it. <laughs> oh well, it's like you planned this. <laughs> so Mario Kart is coming to iPhones. Yes. Well, uh, finally, finally, the the proper use of finally. Yeah. Um, I haven't actually read any of these articles, but everything I've seen, because like you just see thumbnails on Twitter, I can't tell, is this some type of weird AR thing, or is it just the way that they are doing the promo shots that makes it seem like that? It's just the way they're doing the promo shots. This has been... I mean, we, we should caveat this by saying that Nintendo hasn't really put out any other screenshots of this outside of this marketing material. 
and I don't think there's any video of it or anything out there. Um, but everything that they've messaged around this is that unlike that um, Mario Run game, which was kind of their first um, foray into mobile gaming, this is like a full-fledged, you know, kind of console-like game. Wow. According to the App Store listing, uh, so this is from the, also from the 9-to-5 nine Mac articles. Uh, however, you'll likely need an in-app purchase to make it past a certain level. According to App Store listings, in-app purchases range from one ninety nine to $69.99. Yeah. <laughs> so not part of Apple Arcade. No. Plus. Is it a plus? Maybe. I don't know. Not on that one. Um, the, yeah. with the, not having plus on it means that it's good. Yeah, that was too long of a sentence to make it a show title, but you, you were very close. <laughs> I tried. Not having a... Yeah, that's too many words. I, I also... I also did my, one of my favorite parts um, about the announcement of the exact date, uh, which is September 25th is when this is coming out, mm-hmm. is uh, you can now... <laughs> you can now in the iOS app store, you can pre-order the app, which is free. I, I, I yeah, that. that that actually is not new. That actually came out when they did that Super Mario Run game. That was the first one where you could like waitlist yourself for an app, and then you could you could either prepay for it, even if it's a free item, and you just get a push notification, and it automatically downloads. But yeah, it is weird that only certain people get to use that. And um, yeah, pre-ordering a free app is weird. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. Cool. Again, like I, I'm, I've, I've been somebody who apparently I'm, I'm dead wrong in light of last week's, um, or maybe two weeks ago when we talked about the, um, the PS4 family of consoles having crossed a um, hundred million in, in unit sales. But like I don't know, I, I'm somebody who really, really, really thought that um, this was the last generation of consoles and that all this stuff would be dead and it'd all be phones. So yeah, it's, uh, it's pr- pretty amazing we're at where we're at with console gaming. Yeah, very wrong. All right, so let's. Uh, well, we talked a lot. Uh, let's talk about new stuff. So um, we have a few things. So we'll, we'll get to Taylor Swift. We'll get to Disney Plus. I think those are the two critical things. But first, um, I have so this is some uh, bringing some offline stuff online from the weekend. So you live on the edge, and you like to um, only update the software of things that weigh at least 500 pounds. <laughs> that, that is my policy, yes. Um, and you historically have had um, a poor track record uh, um, of updating uh, heavy things with uh, new firmware. Yes. So what, what, did you get a new washing machine? Did you already have a washing machine? Why are you updating the firmware on a washing machine? Isn't just supposed to wash clothes? We, so the lady friend and I got a new washer and dryer. Um, the, the primary reason that we kicked off that process was because, uh, we Trade wanted, <laughs> well, no, the tariffs already went into effect on it. Um, no, we actually thought the price we got on it was pretty good. Um, anyway, um, we, we wanted more storage space in the closet that our old washer and dryer were in and they were just, you know, your traditional side by side units. So they were basically taking up the entire closet. Oh, did you get a stacked unit? Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll send you I'll send you a picture. Interesting. Um, I actually have a I have a particular picture that that you'll enjoy. Is there um, a dog in it? There is. <laughs> is he there for scale? 
Um, he, he kind of, but he's also just there because every time he's I always <laughs> take a photo of anything, he just kind of insists, yeah, on being there, which is like, which is great. Like, I'm cute. Why not? Can't can't um, get mad at him for that. Um, yeah, I've only ever seen stacked units in like rental units, but yeah, that's interesting. Definitely a space saver. Totally, and the, and the closet that they're in is very tall, so there was you know plenty of room, <laughs> um, <laughs> f- uh, for a stackable unit. Um, and, but it also just so happened that after we had placed the order for the, the new units, we noticed some water on the bottom of our old washer. So I think, I think our timing was, was quite fortuitous. Um, anyway, good, good um, diction. Thank you. Um, the lady friend had done some, some good research as to kind of what we should get. And it just so happens that the, the LG model that everybody seems to recommend is wi-fi enabled because of course it is (laughs) so i i did not specifically seek out a smart washer and dryer although bs I, i i also was not upset when i found out um that the one that we liked had Wi-Fi. I, I actually do think there's some legitimate value mm. in getting a push notification when your laundry's done. Can I ask a question? What's the name of the app? Like the companion app? Is it just LG washing machine or something? It's got to have something a cool name. They so I didn't really know much about the um LG family of smart home products prior to this. And I, I guess I still don't. Um but they evidently have a whole line of products called and this just rolls right off the tongue they their smart thin q and this is this is smart smart space and then thin and q they do this is, on the phones too where it's like it's it's supposed to be pronounced think wait what it's it, they do this on all of their phones like their g series of phones that nobody buys um and they lose money on every year for like the past four years it's called it's it's, it's you're right where it's uh spelled out thin uh, a, a capital q but it's supposed to be pronounced think i i honestly like i was not think. i was not trying to be like a smart ass there like i i actually did not know that no because like i'm looking at the google page uh thin q or, or think devices are easy to control using simple voice commands and the capital s smart capital t thin capital q app enrich your world with lg think integrated into lg products ranging from mobile phones nano cell tvs what the fuck's a nano cell tv anyway oh you can get something that comes with InstaView. oh yeah i, I mean i don't even that, know that, that that's that they offer that in refrigerators and that's wait what the hell's InstaView? i think that's kind of cool but that's been vetoed I, there's there's like cameras inside your refrigerator so you can see like what's inside there hold on i'm, I'm sorry we're, we're derailing your topic for a second because lg has a great website where if you scroll maybe two, three pages worth down, you can see Meet the Think innovations in their virtual home. So they have some Roomba knockoff here. They have our LG C7 OLED TVs. They have a refrigerator that for some reason has cameras in it that has smart, fresh air with InstaView technology. Wow, the future is terrible. <laughs> Speaking of terrible, the the app is terrible, and the <laughs> you're, you're you're kidding, uh, yeah. And the setup process to get the washer and dryer onto my Wi-Fi network was 
atrocious. Like you had to, it, you had to turn off encryption. Was no, so it's actually even dumber than that. So it it does the thing where it it's the, the unit itself broadcasts a Wi-Fi network, which you then have to connect to to then set it up on your true Wi-Fi network. Which yeah, that's a pretty common smart home thing. So that was fine. But when it came to the step to set it up on our network, you know, the first step is to discover Wi-Fi networks, and it would you'd get to that step, and it would just spin and spin and spin saying that it was searching and it ended up being that all i had to do was click back and then (laughs) click forward again in the app and then it instantly returned my wi-fi network and then all the other local wi-fi networks it was finding just super buggy um and then the the actual execution of using the smart home stuff is is kind of lame so it, in addition to being able to control it from the app you can also control the washer and dryer using uh, a lady in a can skill but the problem is in order to be able to start a cycle either through the app or through the lady in a can integration you first have to go to the washer and dryer and set it for a uh, basically like a remote start can, so you I basically, dumb, can I ask a dumb question? Like you yeah. have to put the clothes in the washer. So I, I, I guess I don't understand what what is being gained or saved by any type of remote service. So that's that's the whole point. Is, is there's not. So the the smart home stuff is like ninety five percent not very useful. Uh, the the five percent that is useful is the push notification that you get when it's done. I do like that because it actually does do this thing where there's not set cycle times. It it's just temperature sensing and dirt sensing and stuff. Right. That's so good. it's, yeah. So every cycle time is a bit different just depending on what's in there. So getting a push notification when it's done, I, I actually do think is kind of legitimately useful. But it, but everything else about it, smart home wise, is quite frivolous. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, to bring this full circle, I, the, the, the first step, of course, after connecting it to my Wi Fi network, was updating firmware and also just because it's a really bad app there like, there was no option to do this it just it it just started doing it on its own as soon as it was connected to the internet which is when i took that screenshot because i thought oh no here we go um but it was fine did it make you log into facebook to use it it wait so, no no so i'm joking no when I first opened the LG app, yes, there was an option to because I did I did not have an LG account, but I, I was given the option no, to really link I think either my Google account or I don't remember if Facebook was an option. Um or I could do the right thing and just set up a unique account with a unique password through one password, and that's what I did. This is completely unrelated, but there was a funny tweet from a little bit ago where some somebody, uh, there was some teenage girl where her parents took away all of her electronics and because uh, she was using social media too much and she was uh, found a workaround by tweeting from her LG refrigerator. That was pretty good. Uh, and she, she was, uh, what do you call it, uh, found out by um, the little user agent string because apparently it tells people when you're tweeting from the LG embedded fridge app. Um, so that's cool. So uh, can they be, were they made to stack or is it just that most LG things could stack if they wanted to? So that's actually, it's a very complicated question. So 
this this combination of washer and dryer comes with a variety of different options. So you can you can just buy the washer and dryer just on their own and just put them side by side and that would be it. You can put them side by side but have pedestals underneath both of them which which raise both units kind of up off the ground and then give you gives you storage underneath both of them. You could also have a similar type of configuration where they're side by side, you have a storage pedestal underneath the dryer and then underneath the washer, you could actually have a secondary washer um built into that kind of pedestal part so you could have like two cycles running at once um or you could do what we did which is you can buy the stacking kit and stack the dryer on top of the washer and ironically the stacking option was actually the least expensive option because the stacking kit is like $30 on its own. And it's just basically three pieces of metal that sit in between the two units. Whereas, you know, the pedestals are actually like pretty big pieces. And then um, that secondary washing unit was like basically like two thirds the cost of the washer. (laughs) Is that the one where I've seen them in Home Depot where they have kind of like a wash basin on the top? Well, it's, it's on the bottom, but but yeah, oh, okay. Maybe you, Samsung does it differently, but yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you can you can basically run a full like second cycle of wash, which like I guess under some like very particular circumstances might be useful. But f- for like literally for the price, you could almost just buy a second full washer. Like pr- price wise, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, but most houses don't have double. They don't. They don't. They aren't. They aren't expecting you to run like a Gus Fring laundromat inside of your house. So there's only <laughs> one washing machine hookup. Right. That's almost a segue to our next thing. But real quick, real time follow up. Uh, apparently, the um, LG teen tweeting from the fridge might be a, a, a hoax and a brand exercise. Uh, of course, it <laughs> Every, is everything. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, anything else related to the fridge or to the? Uh, what, what's the, the thing that's the, not a fridge? The, the, a washing the, machine. The smart washer and dryer. No, that's yes. that's all. That's all I've got. All right. Well, uh, I heard rumors that maybe in the next uh, eighteen months you might be getting a new fridge. So maybe that can also be a uh, LG Think InstaView product. So it can also poorly talk to your smart home stuff. So the the lady friend is quite understanding when it comes to my smart home ambitions. You're not getting a fridge with cameras in it. She has vehemently opposed any kind of smart fridge, which, you know, if I'm being honest, is, is probably for the best. You, well, you might be able to get away with it. Like you, I, I think the ones that have like an Android touchscreen built into them, those are silly. But I assume there's ones that'll tell you like if the doors open or will. Those aren't really like what you would call smart fridges. That's just those are features of kind of modern like standard refrigerators. But yeah, it's specifically it's the one with like the big ass lcd screen on the outside those are the those are the ones that are that will not be considered yeah that's fair because again you can you can just don't the the magnets on the ipad pro can't you just uh just slap an ipad pro 13 inch on on the fridge and then you can have also have a bad computer that way (laughs) or if not just through the magnets there i'm sure they make some kind of stand or something for that um but yeah kind of like we were talking about with that um breville barista touch unit Mm -hmm. i'm sure the 
responsiveness in the interface. Oh, it's probably terrible. It's just, yeah, it must just be awful. Well, actually, I was playing with a Samsung fridge that uh, at uh, Home Depot, um, and it's actually fairly responsive. But the thing is, it's ru- it's probably running like a three year old, uh, very easily exploitable out of version, uh, out of date version of Android. Yeah. Like, so it's probably. I don't think it's non-responsive, but I assume it's just going to be a gaping security hole in your home network for a very long time. That, and then my other concern would be a refrigerator is something that you hold on to for a really long time. Yeah, it's a durable good. And so, you know, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I I bet that Samsung and LG don't do a ton to update the interfaces on those things. So a handful of years from now... Those interfaces, which already, to your point, are probably a few years behind modern tech, are going to start to look like really, really old. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving, moving things along. I did not actually watch this yet because I want to be surprised. Um, and also, I'm not sure I'm super into a movie starring that's just all centered on... Um, sorry, I should explain what we're talking about. Uh, apparently Netflix has a deal with Vince Gilligan and they're making a spinoff movie to called El Camino. That's kind of a, a theatrical version of, uh, like follow on to breaking bad that centers around, uh, what happens to Jesse after breaking bad. So I haven't watched the trailer. Um, and I'm just, I'm just going to be surprised when it comes out, but I actually had not heard anything about this and I had no idea Netflix was, cause this is probably not a like a made for tv movie this is probably like a big endeavor right so that the the secrecy around the 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 movie is is has been kind of part of its kind of part of its thing because prior to this trailer coming out nobody even knew that the movie had already been filmed like every it had been announced that vince gilligan was writing the script and that he would direct it and that it you know it would come out on netflix at some point but there had been no rumors about it actually being filmed. Um, and as kind of part of that mystery, you know, they've said that it, it's starring Jesse Pinkman, but they have not said anything about other characters. And um, his name totally escapes me now, but the actor who plays Saul Goodman, help me out here. Bob Odenkirk. Thank you. Mm-hmm. He gave an interview, and he kind of seemed to hint that he also might be in it. So I think it's fair to say that there are going to be some other characters in there in some capacity. And of course, some have also speculated that Walter White might be in there because he we don't actually spoilers here sorry but we don't technically see him die at the end of breaking bad so um so we'll we'll see mm-hmm. do you remember walter white's real name <laughs> it's uh michael um, uh no um brian cranston brian cranston thank you i'm i'm really bad with actors names uh, i'm really bad with people names so it makes them <laughs> 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 Uh, I'll even out. Um, so I, do you recommend watching the trailer or if I'm already opting out of it, should I probably just leave it that way? The trailer does not give a single thing away. It's but does not... it, does it peak interest? Does it? Uh, it, no, it, no. <laughs> okay. So it does nothing. No. Build type though. Uh, when is sure. this? Uh, <laughs> 
So it comes out um, October 11th, a couple weeks after the iPhone Pro. Yes. All right. Um, actually, wow, I didn't even uh, didn't even plan for that. All right, so uh, real real fast on the Apple stuff because there's two other quickies to talk about. Uh, German had a really comprehensive. Uh, Mark German and Debbie Wu at Bloomberg had a very comprehensive. Basically, here's what's going to happen at the September event. Um, so you don't have to watch it. Uh, apparently, uh, iPhone 11. Actually, they don't say iPhone 11, right? And they don't actually say iPhone Pro, but they do put Pro in quotes to imply that um, the XS uh, and XS Max successors will probably be called iPhone Pro. I think the name stuff came out like right after Bloomberg ran this article. So the iPhone 11 and iPhone Pro and iPhone Pro Max uh, rumors are pretty solid? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so they're doing that. So apparently on the high-end models, they're going to have a um, a three-camera array similar to um, the Samsung Galaxy phones where they have um, your standard lens that's usually like about a 28-millimeter focal length equivalent, um, like a 50-millimeter telephoto, and then um, an ultra-wide angle. That's their deal. And then I don't really know what... It's supposed to have... Um, uh, reverse wireless charging, which again, Samsung also did first. Um, I don't know what other features are supposed to be here. The general consensus seems to be that this is going to be a like really, really quiet year with the iPhone. It, it's, it's like everything we know is everything we're going to get. It's going to be a new processor. It's going to be a third lens on the camera. It's going to be you know, kind of bilateral chi charging. That's a much better uh, name than reverse wireless charging. Is that actually what it's called? <laughs> I don't know. No, that's a great name. Um, um, and, but that's, but that's, that's basically going to be it. And the one other thing that actually this might make me, this might actually get me to buy the phone is that um, it might have the same. Um, Cause if you scroll down a little bit, you can get to the bullet points in the German article where these, uh, the phones will include a new multi-angle face ID sensor that captures a wider field of view. So users can unlock the handsets more easily. Well, that's true. I, I did actually bury the lead a little bit there. That would I think be a substantial in, upgrade. Well, and I think Mike's the one who made this point on upgrade. It's, it's likely the same face ID chip that's in the new iPad pros, which is really, really good. So if it, if it's just that, um, that would be good. Yeah. Um, and then actually to, to follow on with upgrade, apparently the water resistant, uh, the water resistance tolerance of the phones will be improved. But like Jason and Mike said, until they cover it under warranty, that's basically meaningless. Um, oh, and 3d touch is probably dead. Meh. Um, yeah, I really do like Mike's, um, uh, pro tip about how you can avoid read receipts with a uh, 3d touch though. Doing that for years. Um, and then uh, lastly, uh, maybe some updates for iPad, and then there might be a HomePod Mini. Well, so so to kind of clarify something here, which the Bloomberg article doesn't really get into, um, but this is kind of Bloomberg's annual tradition of like around this time of year, pre-announcing that everything's coming out with over the next like six to 12 months. So this is not all... Um, this is not all going to be at the September event. This is more of like, uh, here's what's coming the rest of 2019 and through like the first quarter or first half of 2020. 
Uh, so I th- I think at the I think the iPhone event we're gonna see the iPhone. I think we're going to see not the Series Five Apple Watch, but just the Series new, Four new and, and a couple of designs. new. Yep. And then I think we're going to see that 16-inch MacBook Pro, and then we're going to see kind of like the official rollout plan for the Mac Pro. And I think that's that's going to be it at the September event. And then the rest of this stuff will either be another event in October, although it doesn't seem like there's enough there to to warrant that. So it it might just be the press release thing that Apple's kind of started to do where, you know, they invite journalists like the day of or the day before to like preview this stuff. And then a bunch of articles drop all at once, kind of something like that, uh, maybe later this year uh, into the first quarter of next year. Yep. All right. Uh, and lastly, D- doubling down on secrecy. Yeah, that's fine. Again, uh, Tim doesn't care about secrecy. It was, it, 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 he he actually wants rumors to be out there of there being more devices that they could sell you services for. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So two media stories, and then we will wrap up. So, have you listened to Taylor Swift's new album yet? So I have not because the lady friend and I are going to listen to that together on a, a drive we have coming up on Friday. So I've been, been holding out on that. That's adorable. I've, uh, I've listened to one of the, I listened to the, the single that she released before the album came out. The, well, there were three. The, uh, is it like me with an exclamation mark? That one? Yeah. Well, so she did three singles. So she did me, which has the dude from panic at the disco. And then she did a, uh, gay pride month, uh, song, which was problematic. Um, and then she did another one in advance of the release called lover. So there, there were three preview singles off of an 18 song album. I'm excited to listen. The reviews have been very good. I, I, my understanding is that it's a solid mix of kind of her old stuff and some new stuff. Yeah, uh, like though she's reverse course, or she kind of alternates every other album at, uh, recently of um, kind of the the dark Taylor Swift or um, persona that she plays. Um, but yeah, so are you gonna have to buy this album on iTunes? No. Yeah, that was that's pretty good. Um, so no, so that's the one weird thing where I think we've talked about in the past that like, it seemed like a Taylor Swift and Adele were kind of the only two people that could still do. Um, time limited things where they could force people to buy the album. But I think maybe because there was kind of um, tepid response and view numbers on YouTube to uh, the pre-release singles that she did. Uh, Yeah. Day of release uh, for the album on all streaming services. So it wasn't exclusive to anybody. It was on Apple music, Pandora and Spotify uh, on day one. Um, Yeah. I thought, I thought it was kind of interesting that they uh, are just all in on streaming and it seemed like with, because I do have both Apple Music and Spotify, that there were one, both. Wait, per- you, you pay for both? I pay for Spotify and I get Apple Music included with my cell phone plan oh, because okay. I don't know why. Yeah, That's just it. what Apple is doing now. Got it. Um, but both of them sent uh, push notifications I didn't ask for <laughs> advertising the new album. And then you sent me a screenshot earlier today where it wasn't a push notification, but on that little thing where... Pandora is usually wasting the the space advertising podcasts. Uh, they showed you Taylor Swift instead. 
Um, but yeah, it seems like they're heavily, heavily promoting it. So maybe that was part of the the business deal of getting it to have day one streaming was that it um, required every streaming service to heavily promote it or put it on like the front page or contractually obligated, obligated to send out push notifications for it. So it'd be interesting to know the, um, the economics of the deal, but yeah, um, day one streaming, which I did not think would happen. Seems like it's, it's gotta just be as simple as that. The amount of money someone like Taylor Swift would make from these like exclusive streaming deals is, is like a complete rounding error to the money that she makes through touring and kind of everything else around her brand, as, as you would say. So it's, at some point, you make the determination that all of that other stuff, which is like where, where you're truly making your money, would be benefited by your album being available in as many places as possible. So you may as well be solely focused on prom- like doing everything you can to ensure that all that other stuff is doing the best it can instead of wasting a bunch of energy on something that ultimately isn't moving the needle for you. Yeah, I, I think you're mostly right. I think it is kind of a shifting equation where, um, yeah, I, th- I think that is something that depending on how well um, the initial singles would have done and if they had run the, ma- the numbers to think that if 30 or 20% of the audience was actually paying $13 for this album versus whatever percentage of 0.003 cents per song stream we're getting paid or whatever. Like I think it's it was still um, something that they could have adjusted. But yeah, you are right. Yeah, where... but I but I mean, but if you want to get into the numbers, I mean, you have to sell a lot of thirteen dollar albums to equate to even like two or three concert tickets. So well, I, so but it's, it, it's not it, it's not worth focusing so much on the album sale. You're better off doing everything you can to optimize concert sales and, and all that other stuff yeah so concerts are interesting so a colleague of mine took his da- teenage daughter to a sean mendez concert at oracle arena and apparently it's not it's not oracle arena anymore but continue uh the oracle what is it called they i we don't know they they took off they mysteriously took off the oracle branding a couple weeks ago but like completely unannounced and there's not as far as i know not been a new naming deal announced hmm they had to move. The, they had to move the letters over to uh, Oracle Park, I guess. Uh, the Kaiser Permanente Circle. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe it's actually funny you say that. I just I read this big expose on the Chase Center today. Expose, uh, like yeah, expose. That, that makes it sound like there were bad findings. I, uh, no, I think that can also just be used as a term of just kind of like a like comprehensive article. I'm trying to sound fancy. I don't know. They. Uh, they, they, they rev- a definition revealed the true objectionable nature of oh okay well then maybe i'm using that word incorrectly (laughs) so i read a big article about chase center and Uh, the area around chase center is called like the thrive i think it's thrive plaza yeah because it's the mission bay where all the the hospitals are yeah yeah and that that that's that is a partnership with kaiser permanente yeah i always thought kaiser owned like oakland like does everything in Oakland? Well, that's where like every third building. That's where their corporate offices are. So yeah, they they have a lot of office space there. Got it. But isn't the Chase Center next to a Facebook Hospital? Yes. Got it. Um. Yeah, Chase Center looks cool. Everything there is going to be insanely expensive to go to. So I'll never end up going. But that's it. It seems. Cool. It seems. I mean, it seems very very nice. And there seems to be an emphasis on 
local restaurants, local art. I appreciate all that, but it seems it's it's going to be astronomically expensive to go to anything there for for quite a while. Yeah. Um. Wait, what were we talking about? Oh, Sean Mendes. Sorry. Wait, Taylor Swift. So that was the thing. So the concert thing. I so I get it, but if you think so, how how many people does Oracle fill? Twenty thousand. Yeah, for a concert, I think it was something like twenty thousand. So twenty thousand, we say because av- he said he paid for decent seats about one hundred and fifty a ticket. So let's say one hundred and twenty-five is the average cost, and so that's two point five million dollars. But these are gigantic ex- uh, endeavors. It, 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 no, no slight on Sean Mendez. I don't don't know the guy, so I'm not looking to put him down. But that's I I would have to. Not. <laughs> I would have to imagine that he does not quite command the same ticket price that Taylor Swift does. But well, but hold on, but to the real time follow up, you've been to a Taylor Swift concert. I certainly How much have, was it? Yes. It, more than $150 <laughs> for a single ticket. Yes. The, oh, did it start with a 2? Uh, I I can if you if you want to finish the did point it start that with you're a making, three? I can No. I can try to I can try to look at my email here. This was like a few okay. years ago, so, so I please do that. So we'll we'll round up for inflation. But um, oh here, yeah. wow, this is Gmail search, man. Oh, I actually, oh, I I might have only bought the parking pass, and a friend <laughs> might have bought the tickets. And if if that's the case, then so the parking pass was one hundred fifty dollars. Let's see how much. See if I can quickly see how much. God, how God, I went in two thousand fifteen. Jesus. Uh, so I can tell you that parking was forty seven twenty five. That's a that's a steal. <laughs> um, I can now. Okay, now that I know the date, I I can I can see if I can search your okay, well, so so I'll I'll keep talking. So but the uh so you say one hundred twenty five dollars times twenty thousand, and then so that's two point five million dollars, and then we say that he's doing a multi city tour and he's doing doing thirty shows across the year, so that's seventy five million dollars. But if you think about how much effort, how many people are employed and how much, like, I, I think like definitely concerts are profit centers, but I do think since these are just such insane productions, as you will notice, and this goes back to the Taylor Swift thing where she has made deals with Apple for the concert, um, documentary special for, um, her 1989 tour. And that she also did one for the reputation album with Netflix, where she's also getting paid on that side of things, but they are just insane um productions so while sure tickets are very expensive i assume it's also very 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 expensive to to put on the show and i assume that little wristband you get is probably like a thousand dollars each or something did you find your thing i'm, I'm st- i think i'm i might be close here it's okay so but but th- so that's the thing where it just I'm, kinda, I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm curious now oh here okay here uh, it's fine uh, so, so but that's uh, keep looking but so that's the thing where, again, I, I, I take the point that you are suggesting that streaming is basically a way to just attract attention and draw in uh, the value of like um, uh, like concerts and also concert um, documentary rights and just overall awareness for the artist. But I do think uh, the, the debate versus sales um, and streaming is probably not what it used to be three years ago, but it's probably still something. Yeah, I can't. I can't find this. But I, it, it was. I recall it being quite expensive. But but one thousand percent worth it because Taylor Swift in person's great. Do you still have your wristband? We kept it for a while, but no. 
the the sharks give out the same kind of wristbands during playoff games, so they're they're not that novel. Well, yeah, but it's not blessed by Taylor Swift. <laughs> Fair. And then you went probably during the nineteen eighty nine tour, which is arguably her best album. So uh, the lady friend and I were talking about that recently, where we like we feel like we saw like peak Taylor Swift because it's it's gonna, it's hard to imagine her ever topping that nineteen eighty nine album. Like I'd be I'd be bummed if I saw her touring on that last album. Reputation has better songs. I think a lot of the singles that were initially released weren't that good, but there's um there's five good songs on that album. Yeah, but every song on 1989 is good. 13 out of 14 songs on that album are good. What's the bad one? I'm not going to say. I don't I don't want to get hate mail. If you if you say Out of the Woods, I'm I'm shutting off this podcast. No, that's a great one. That that okay. that, that that is definitely that. So, I have a running playlist and when a song is very good, it goes on the playlist twice so that the ran the so that the shuffle lottery gives you a better chance to hear it and out of the woods is one of those songs okay good some people don't like that song and those those people are wrong no where is my she iTunes? she performed that in the concert and it mm, it was great it was, <laughs> wow it was, that, that it was it was great that was a odd reaction <laughs> <laughs> uh where's 1989 um because i still used itunes for this um Oh yeah, okay. So the, yeah, there were a few that weren't great. Like so, yeah, New Romantics. I don't really like that song, and I also don't really like Bad Blood. Um, I disagree, but but uh, I'm okay. Yeah, but uh, Shake It Off, Blank Space. So that 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 like that, there were a ton of hits off that album, and my iTunes play counts uh, back it up. <laughs> Can you? How many? How many times have you played Shake It Off? If it, it if it's too personal, you don't have to answer. No, it's fine. But again, remember that I don't use iTunes anymore, but 293. Okay. But again, that's because, like, again, I moved off off to Spotify for a while. So it is criminally under uh, counting that. That might have been my ticket price to the concert. <laughs> uh, or for, I don't know, for two tickets, 1989. <laughs> it's, it's a mortgage payment, probably. Um, well, so that was, that was back before I had a mortgage. Mm, yeah. No more wristbands. <laughs> Uh, little known fact: Taylor Swift is the inspiration for the mic, not the mic. Damn it! The what is it called? What's the Dis when Disney made their own wristband for the park? Oh, smart band. There's no way it's called a smart band. That's a really dumb name. It, Mouse I think pass. It, 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 it's it. It's, isn't it like Magic Pass or something? It, maybe it's called the Magic Band. It might be the Magic Band. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a silly name. The the closet Disney um, park nerd inside of me should know that. Okay, hold on. This is gonna be the longest episode ever, but I'm on the uh, the Wikipedia page for this. So, um, magic bands are plastic bracelets that contain RFID radios in use at all Walt Disney World resorts. And here's the important part: the magic bands form the central part of the My Magic Plus experience. Plus, it's in everything. Mm-hmm. Is it does the magic band count as a remote for Disney Plus when you're watching on an Apple TV or a Roku? <laughs> if it doesn't, that's a missed opportunity. Well, I I don't think they I don't think they're ready to talk about that yet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, I finally because I've been spending more time in Southern California. I finally figured out what those. Um. Have you ever seen those stickers on the back of people's car that are um mouse ears that say AP on them? Yeah, annual pass holders. Yeah, I never knew what those were, but now now I do. I always have a lot of questions. I'm I'm not necessarily judging. I just have questions about people who have those bumper stickers who live in the Bay Area. 
like people who live in Southern California, if you want to have an annual pass to Disneyland, I a thousand percent support that. If I still live down there, there's a pretty good chance I'd have an annual pass to Disneyland. But if you're living like flying distance away and you have an annual pass, I just I have some questions about why. Um, some questions even if you lived in Southern California. <laughs> I I'm not hating. I I want people to you do you, but I I don't. Again, not hating or judging, but I don't get the appeal of kind of Disneyland as an adult. Because the problem is there are kids there. Like if if it was if there were no kids, then great. <laughs> Or like if there are, you know how like the Exploratorium and Cal Academy have like adult nights. Don't mm. make it weird, but um, yeah. If there were, t- well, when there Disneyland's were- kind of like that, where like during the summer they're open until midnight. So if you stay until closing, the the last few hours, the crowds are usually pretty mellow. You know, families for the most part have have gone home for the day. But then if you were a savvy parent, you'd bring your kids at nine o'clock because no lines with no no loud kids. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, you game the system. We'll see what I decide to do when the day comes. Mm-hmm. Hey, you don't need to sleep. You're fine. Come on. It's yeah, give the kid uh, a triple shot uh, latte and then just be like, Space Mountain's only a ten minute wait. Come on. Because <laughs> uh, the Magic Band uh, counts your fast passes, right? Which is kind of like a cast system inside of Disney World <laughs> to, to to teach people about the 1%. No, it, it's actually not because Disney does not charge for them, unlike some other theme parks where it is more of a cast-like system. So I get that you, so it gives you, you get like one or two fast passes for the entire day, right? You get more than that, but you're, you're, you are limited in the number you can have. Yes. Oh, okay. So my, my read on it was that you could buy more. If no. you wanted to, no. Oh, that's good. That's okay. That's very. That's very Bernie Sanders. I like. Yeah. <laughs> no. They like um, the Six Flags parks and stuff. They they do paid equivalents of fast passes, but Disney they are free. Got it. Um, they do they do a thing where I think you can pay to instead of having to physically go get a fast pass ticket at each at each ride, you can have them delivered to your phone i think that's the only like fast pass related thing you can pay for which which by the way i know you're not a fan of disneyland but um if you want to see a really really well designed thoughtful ios app the disneyland app is is quite good what's good about it or or what's what's um exceptional about it it's just it's it's just really really well designed is it one of those things that only works at the park or is there like a demo mode where somebody could just play around with it? So what's really funny is that Disney for the longest time held out on doing simple things like making uh, wait times publicly available. And what people would do is there'd be like these fan made apps where people would just like self-report wait times. Um, and the, as you'd expect, they were like wildly inaccurate and out of date all the time. But Disney was always like they did they never gave out any information like that. And then when they came out with the Disneyland app a few years ago, it's like not only can you see all the wait times and everything in the app, but you can also access that data anywhere. It's not geofenced to when you're in the park or anything like that. Um, and you can also like if you want to like purchase your ride photos and all that, you can do all that right in the app. It's it's just it's 
it's obviously like when you're not there, it, it doesn't necessarily do a ton, but, <laughs> but when you're, when you're, you can at least appreciate the design of it, but when you're there, it, it's also a like highly functional app. Like you can, you have all your reservations if you're staying at one of the hotels and if you have reservations to restaurants and stuff, it's all right there. It's, it's good. You'd, you'd appreciate the, I think even though you don't like the parks themselves, I, I haven't I haven't been since I'm eight, so I honestly have very little to say or to, uh, negative to say. It's just I, I the, when I look at the ticket cost of it being like, isn't it like a hundred ten dollars a person? Yeah, I think it's more than that. It's very very expensive. Um, <laughs> it's in the, it's in Taylor Swift pricing league. If it did exactly, yeah, um, that's nuts. It is, but but everything with Disney is just very like. So you you I, I think one of the top top things to say about you is you like. <laughs> Oh you, no! I don't want. <laughs> nope, no, no. This 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 is a, this is a compliment. This is a compliment. Um, you like you like good design. You have an eye for good design. I do. Disney. Everything about the Disney experience is very very well designed. So I, I think you'd 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 appreciate that. Like if you, if you could if you could go to Disney on kind of an off day sometime when it wasn't very busy or anything, and you could just kind of get a sense of the just sort of like the experience of disney i think i think you'd appreciate that even if you weren't necessarily super into like the rides and all that yeah have you ever been to disney world i have so merlin or or syracuse was saying on this like where disney uh, disney world is one of those things where like it's kind of like hybrid run with like the state of florida or, something, or like with the airport where like if you're willing to give disney enough money like you can just have like the world's most magical time at walt disney world is that something you guys did? Or, but you also, I mean, you come from a middle-class family, so probably just throwing thousands of dollars for convenience is probably not that. Disney World with, um, I mean, the, you know, the, the parks are the parks. Like, everybody pays the same price to get into those. But there's definitely kind of, like, different tiers of hotels in particular. But there's, like, God, there's, like, 15 or 20 different Disney hotels you can stay at. But he was saying... It was it like you could have a thing where you can fly from any airport in the country and basically you don't ever worry about your bags. Like they just show up at your hotel room and that's a th- deal they have with like the state or the airport. That's free. You don't pay for that. But you have to stay on site. You, you have to stay of at course. a Disney hotel. Yeah, when okay. I went with my family in middle school, we did that. They, you know, a month or so before your trip, you get an envelope that's got these special bag tags and then you you put those on your bag prior to leaving uh, whatever airport you're leaving from and as long as you're flying into orlando international airport and you're staying at a disney hotel the bags when you arrive in orlando get picked up <laughs> by a disney employee and brought directly to your hotel and that's people you don't pay for that that's just that's part of staying at a disney hotel or at least at least when i went jeez, 19 years ago um you didn't pay for it Maybe you do now, but, but Disney generally, so, so the, um, like the tickets themselves and also like the, the, God, the hotels in particular, um, and some of the restaurants too, like that stuff is really, it's, it's, it's expensive. There's, there's no, yeah, there's no way to sugarcoat that, mm-hmm. but they don't, they really don't nickel and dime you. They really don't like there, there's a lot fast passes are a good example um, where they could really, they they could you know they could pull a Tim Cook apple and like really want to squeeze like every dollar out of you, but they they don't do that. They're kind of honest about like, here's the headline stuff you're paying for. It's really expensive. 
but you're going to get a really high quality experience out of it that you, that you then don't really get um, nickel and dime for after that. Hmm. Okay. Maybe I like, I, I like Disney parks are great. I, I, I like them a lot. Can Disneyland like the California one be fun if you don't like rides or is there very little to do if you don't like rides? I think it, what's underrated with uh Disney, or maybe it's properly rated. I, I don't know how much recognition there is, but the the food at Disneyland and Disney World, um, excellent. The re- restaurants are top notch, so I, th- I think you'd you'd appreciate that part of it. Hmm. All right, and then before we exit this topic, this is a good time to remind people that uh, there was a Lyft partnership with Walt Disney World where you can uh, turn on minivan mode, which we've talked about <laughs> in the past, but. Bears repeating. Pretty good. Okay, real or fast. Well, actually, we're already talking about Disney. So Disney Plus, there were a few things that came out where... Um, uh, oh, yeah, two things. So one, they you can have... Is it four concurrent 4K streams? Like, what, what did they come out with talking about, like, how you could share your account? I think it was, it was at least... Was it four or seven? It was some some pretty good... Some pretty good number of um, trying to f- yeah. So the this oh this 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 is from an Engadget article that'll be in the notes. The service will launch with up to seven user profiles per account, which will l- let each person have their own watch list and sections. Uh, that doesn't qu- that's not quite the same thing though. Oh yeah, so Disney Plus is going to be limited to four concurrent streams per account. There we go. That's so, yeah, funny. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty generous because, yeah, that is the one thing where people will sometimes knock Netflix like to the point where I'm on the Netflix plan that is 1080p only because I, I just don't feel like paying the extra $3 <laughs> um, to get 4K. Um, like, how much is yours? You you have the fanciest Netflix. Isn't that like $17 a month? I don't think it's quite that much. I think it's maybe it's like 14 or 15 but, yeah, it, it's pricey. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's, it, that, this just serves to remind us, like, Disney is just not to not to not use a disney friendly phrase they are not fucking around like they are going so aggressive on pricing to screw over netflix like it's insane so i think there's there's a couple of things i think with disney plus that are worth calling out the price is what i feel like everybody's focused on and there is a lot to say there but the thing that i'm actually more impressed by than the price is what they're putting on here because like Disney has been so so protective of their especially like their original animated movies like the whole Disney Vault thing um and even you know like first run movies like they you know haven't made them available in 4K and iTunes and just little things like that where they've just been very uh tight knit with their content but like this apps I mean this is going to have everything which is just it's just it's kind of crazy that we were going from what Disney's been since its kind of founding to just like here for seven dollars a month, just here, here's everything. I like that's crazy. Well, yeah, I, I think Bob Iger's thing is just he's just like we're either going to succeed or we're going to go out like in a blaze of glory. Like they they can't like just because of how much Netflix has been doing, and you have like jokers like Apple trying trying their hand at it. And then you have people like Amazon who are kind of succeeding at it. Like they just have to try and be really aggressive with it. 
but like you probably know this better than i do where there was that whatever d23 conference yes I, um i know quite a bit about that <laughs> all right wait are you joking or are you being honest oh no i'm being i followed all that stuff pretty closely last weekend so i know very little about Di- non-pixar disney stuff yeah, it's it, it's the it's the intersection of like all my top interests: Star Wars, Disney parks. <laughs> so I don't know what Maladrud, uh, what the Mandalorian. Of, sure, I don't know what any of this stuff is, but apparently people are losing their mind that there's been something for everything. Like they they announced like a Lizzie McGuire reboot, something related to Star Wars. Like uh, they announced, like they're going to do eight movies that are all like direct to Disney Plus or something. Like so, literally something for everybody. Yeah, and I don't know what happened, and everybody seems to be just in, just very excited. Yeah. Well, so the th- the thing is, is that they're at least a kind of first slate of original content that they're announcing here. Like this isn't this isn't second rung stuff. Um. Like the the example that I know Jason's brought up a couple of times, which is a really good one, is there was this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show on ABC, which was a, a Marvel show that was like, it was technically related to like the movies and stuff, but it it was very much like your, your B, you know, Marvel content. Um, like none of, none of the key characters ever get mentioned right exactly and like it, it actually like by all accounts was like it was a good you know show like but it just it just it didn't have any of the main characters like it, it wasn't it, it clearly wasn't at the same caliber that like the movies were and like with all the marvel stuff they've announced so far and the, the marvel stuff i'm not quite as plugged into but like from what i've read you know there's going to be multiple series that have the actual stars from the movies there's going to be other original series that are characters that they haven't done movies about yet, but which people are really, really excited about. Um, and then on the Star Wars side, this Mandalorian show, which looks really, really good. Like the trailer they put out looks phenomenal. Uh, they announced that Ewan McGregor, who was in the, the prequel movies, uh, he's returning to his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is what a lot of people have wanted for a long time in a, some kind of like mini series or something. So like the point is that like, this isn't, this isn't just like, you know, B and C rated characters. Like this, this is like their, their top notch stuff. Like they surprised announced that they're doing a full, uh, kind of Lion King style remake of lady and the tramp, which is like, just going to be available day one on Disney plus, which like nobody knew about. Um, like uh yeah this is like this is this is this is the real deal so i think that's the other thing is they're not they're not treating disney plus as like a place that they're going to just put like their kind of like crummy content that's like not good enough for anything else so it's not over the top in the sense that because i know that's what all these services are called but that name kind of implies that it's just like that's where you you have your main revenue source and then you have this thing that you're just trying to skim a little bit of extra money off of. Yeah, this is this is not that's not what Disney Plus is. Yeah. Um yeah, the only thing that worries me is like what does this actually cost in 2022? Well, Carlos, if Wait, you're am will, I, if you're willing did to I not read something. <laughs> if you're willing to give Disney 
uh, if you're willing to lock yourself into this thing for three years. Wait, this was not a setup. What are you talking about? Do you have, wait, what? Do you have a link? It's it's in the, it's in the thing. Thanks for in the Engadget article before. Uh, the, the 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 nine to five Mac article. Oh, I have the Engadget one open. Um, so they're they're doing this thing, this uh, founder circle deal. <laughs> where doesn't uh, Tesla have the same name if you buy one of their cars early? Maybe. Uh, but it's basically if you commit to three years of the service and you pay up front, you get two years for the price of three. So it, in, <laughs> Wait, it ends on, can, up. Can I, can, I, I'm not trying to make fun of you for misspeaking, but I really want to call out that you just said two oh, years for the I, price I, of I said, three. So I said they it take back. away a third of your money. I said it backwards. You know, we'll 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 fix that in post. No, but yeah, three <laughs> three years for the price of two. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so which ends up seven, being seven like. Times 392 a month. So it's $140. Yeah, $170. $140.97. No, what's $7 times 24 is 168 The The math in this 9 to 5 Mac article says it works out to be $140.97 total or the equivalent of $3.92 a month. I think they don't know how to do math. Because hmm. um, Disney Plus is $7 a month, right? Six ninety nine a month. Okay, so even if I exclude a penny, that doesn't. Okay, that's really so. Can when is this? Just like if you, when do you do this? So the offer is good through Labor Day. So you have to sign up by Labor Day. Do they think regular people? So let me ask you this: Do you think regular people know about Disney Plus? Like, or people who don't care about like media insidery things? No, not yet. I think that this there. I think over the next few weeks is and well, I clearly like this D twenty three stuff. I think was kind of the kickoff of like, all right, now it's time to start just promoting the hell out of this thing. We'll start with our because I think even a lot of the like D twenty three audience probably wasn't super plugged into Disney Plus, but so you start with your really you know passionate fans and you kind of broaden out from there. So I have to sign up for D twenty three. Yeah, which is which is free to do. Yeah. Ooh, I get a membership card. Oh no, I have to pay a hundred dollars a year to get a Mickey Mouse membership card. Yeah, I'm I'm I was talking to some friends about this today. I'm I'm probably gonna do this because do the Disney Plus deal or get a D twenty three membership? No, not get a D twenty three membership. I get do this Disney Plus thing. Well, I mean, for you, it, it there's no way it doesn't make sense. Exactly. Just because yeah. you have such an affinity for the the Star Wars. But for Pixar, like the back catalog of Pixar, that's basically most of, because the thing is, if they had a thing where they said you could pay f- and I somehow got ad-free Hulu as well, that I d- would definitely do. I mean, yeah, we're we're making kind of just a, a really fundamental point, which is, yeah, of course, if, if you're interested in the content, this makes sense. If you're not interested in the content, less so. Yeah. Um, oh, you can get a quarterly magazine to your home. <laughs> with the creepy lion king characters <laughs> um okay oh you can get a carl and ellie pin oh shit okay i gotta do this um yeah okay so i think that's mostly it so yeah so the year-long memberships and something else um oh and then the last big thing this this was the the main thing i want to talk about so they well i'm gonna have to talk much about this but they are bucking the trend of just dumping entire seasons of stuff and they are going to do the right thing and deliver it on a weekly basis for their um, 
for the TV content that's coming to Disney Plus. And I'm I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I've I've come I've come full circle on that. I I was totally into the Netflix model for a while, but I guess it really was this last episode or last season rather of Game of Thrones where I was reminded of a, the same type of feeling that I had with the last well, I guess kind of last two seasons of Breaking Bad, the last season which was cut in half where the anticipation anticipation each week and then all of the kind of speculation between episodes like all that stuff is really really fun Mm -hmm. and you obviously can't really get that with um shows that just all come out at once yeah like like the the simplest example is would breaking bad have been that interesting to watch if it got dumped 12 episodes at a time no not at all definitely not and and to AMC's credit, I hate to say this, but I actually do think even like splitting up that last season, like the way that they did, there was maybe too long of a gap between the two halves. That's probably the thing I would still argue, but splitting up the two halves actually was probably a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, like I, th- I think it's like because they did the same thing with the final season of Mad Men. I think it is them just trying to kind of milk the last bit of prestige TV that's going away for a while. Like even though AMC has a, has had a pretty solid track record with, or have they? I don't know. They they had a few duds, and they had that seventeen um, hundreds Washington Spies show that didn't really go anywhere. But like yeah, they've they've had a good run with it, and they they um, yeah. I mean, you build a lot of hype when you have. Um, like just little six episode mini series, uh, mini season arcs. Yeah, it's worked out for him. All right, chef specials. Gotta say, I don't don't really don't really have one this week. Um, kind of a it's been kind of a quiet like quiet time on the tech stuff. I haven't really haven't really been buying a lot of gadgets or anything lately. No new uh, smart or no uh, Philips Hue switches to to call out this week. <laughs> um, do I have anything? Yeah, there was something new at Trader Joe's, but I don't remember. So. <laughs> uh what what was it? It's good. I don't know. Okay, so no nobody has to spend any money. They, they so here's the deal: we're we're giving you. Since you don't have to buy anything because we don't have any recommendations, you can then give Disney uh, two years worth of advanced money. It's kind of like the thing where Tesla requires a reservation on the car. You're giving them like an advanced loan to fund all this content, the content blitz that they're doing. So that's our gift to you that you can give to the mouse. Or we, we just we spent all our money on Taylor Swift concert tickets and tickets to Disneyland. I got the equivalent of a concert from my Netflix subscription. Just took two years. <laughs> and I didn't get a wristband out of the deal. 